joining me for another episode. My name is Stefan Van Norden, and this is Nature Revisited. Chaz Powell has always had a longing to travel to the more remote parts of the world, a desire to go to places that others don't often get to see. Chaz Powell's most recent adventure is a project called The Wildest Journey, which is a series of African expeditions that has taken Chaz to the Mangoki River in Madagascar, the Gambia River in Gambia, and to walk the length of the Zambezi River. Because of the pandemic, Chaz has had to suspend his latest expedition to the Orange River in Southern Africa. So while he is taking a break from his adventures, I was able to catch up with Chaz while he is visiting friends in New York City. We talked about his life as an explorer and his ongoing project, The Wildest Journey. Chaz has been hiking, trekking, and exploring for most of his adult life and has had the privilege to visit some of the most beautiful areas from around the world. Here then is Chaz Powell sharing with us some of his memories from those adventures. Have you been to New York before? It must be quite a bit different than Africa. Yeah, it's, it's a big contrast, you know. Obviously, Africa's uh, mostly quite rural and uh, wild, and New York's... I mean, I'm not, I'm not a massive fan of cities. I don't mind New York as much as I'm in Brooklyn, so it's very different. So let's talk about that. How did you come to be so influenced by nature, and how did nature bring, to, bring you to where you are now? Um, I guess I've always, I guess I've always naturally felt more drawn to being in, in, into a natural environment. Um, you know, I, I've always felt good energy in things when I'm in a forest or, you know, I felt more euphoric when I'm on a mountaintop and things like that. And I've always felt like I can feel more of stresses and strains of what's going on around me and, and just chaos. I, I find cities just, they're full of so many different energies that are just busy and noisy, and, and I find that really sort of drowning. When I'm in a when I'm in a forest, it's complete opposite. You know, you just you can hear every single last little noise that's going on around you, and you just feel like your natural self in that at that time, and you can sort of think clearly, and you sort of you're really grounded. And I think it's just something I've always felt more drawn to. You know, I've just been in a natural environment and. The older I've got, the more I've realized that and more I've appreciated it. Ultimately, I don't really feel that a type of environment I feel more feel comfortable around, if you know what I mean. I couldn't live in a city. I was looking on your website, and it says that you've been exploring the world for some 16 years before you started your wildest journey. Kind of talk about what got you started on those journeys and Share with us where you went and some of the experiences. Um, so, I mean, I, I class it as like 16, 17 years of exploring the world. And 
that's more of just when I stepped out of, of my normal existence when I was a kid and I was going to school and finding work and things like that. And, and then I just stepped out and started traveling and backpacking and, and seeing the world. And I hadn't really traveled that much when I was younger. As, as a kid, we just did local holidays and things. And I was always interested in hiking and, and being outdoors. And I knew that I wanted to do more than just stay around the, the environment where I grew up. So I, as soon as I started traveling, I always used to push myself a bit further and just, just want to go and discover areas that all over the world, that's what I wanted to do, pretty much just travel and keep seeing things. And uh, wildlife has always been a big part of my passion for travel and, and seeing different wild environments and different wildlife in their own habitats. I traveled about eight years uh, initially and, and I never really had any aim of what I wanted to do with my life at that point. I just wanted to travel and explore and I guess it's just it's, it has just progressed over them 16 years, it's been a big change of the beginning of a journey where I started traveling and exploring. And then now it's obviously, it's, it's just evolved. You know, my comfort zone's got bigger. Um, I've obviously seen more and more places. I've experienced a lot more. I've got a lot more knowledge, you know, I've got more skills, more life skills, life experiences. And it's just, it's just really has evolved. A lot of people ask me about how have you got to this stage or, you know, how do I become this? And, and I think I always just say, I think it's just, it's hard to really say like this is the f path you have to follow because I just do really feel like it's been a natural evolvement from me wanting to explore passionately to evolving into this, this sort of figure of someone who does wild adventures. And, and I, I don't particularly do these wild adventures to, to get any kind of... Um, appreciation from anyone off it. I just do it because I love designing um, journeys and being on a journey. And when I do it, obviously other people look in and think, yeah, that's really interesting. But yeah, I, I really do feel like it's been a natural involvement, um, gaining skills, you know, like life experiences and just um, just wanting to do it, really. You've been called a 21st century explorer. Yeah, I guess I, I've never, I guess I do label myself an explorer in, in the sort of sense of someone who dedicates my time exploring the world and, and, and doing that as like a living, a, a way of living my life, if that makes sense. But I guess in a, in a reality form, it doesn't make me much more different to someone who hikes and pursues adventure and, and sort of does long distance trekking and I guess the exploration side of it is, is come, you know, from magazine interviews and talks and things like that. And I've been seen as this explorer, and I guess I've adopted that persona of that that category of person. But I don't really feel like I'm any different to someone who pursues, who goes hiking or does adventures. And I do like the the, the title explorer, obviously, because it's a pretty pretty cool title to have. But I think exploring in my mind, is, is more about going to places perhaps that other people wouldn't visit or going into areas where there's a lot of unknown and, you know, a lot of these African rivers that I've walked along and been been to, there's, there's no one else that's been and done these walks, you know, in a normal way of life. There's people obviously living out there, uh, but not many, much is known about them and the environments we go through that can be quite dangerous lot of sort of unknown areas. I guess in that sense, I've probably been labelled as an explorer of someone who 
is exploring unknown sort of areas and making certain discoveries and some people want to hear about these areas because they don't know much about them. Even when I do a lot of research into the areas I'm walking, I find it really difficult to find any information about it because no one's ever been there or it's really unheard of or it's just classed as being dangerous. The reality isn't much different, you know, and people labelling these areas as dangerous or you know, hostile or unknown, that, that's always quite different to, to what it actually is like as well. As Most of the time it's humble people living a simple life who don't really need to be connected to the outside world. I just love that. You know, I love that side of it where I'm spending time with these people and I don't need to be in contact with anyone else because I'm just enjoying that experience. Yeah, I think for me, the difference is an explorer in the traditional sense of the word, I think is someone that not only goes to these remote places, but they bring something back. Not only are you going there and you're enjoying your your time, but you're also bringing something back. You're trying to do something other than just go there. So let's talk about The Wildest Journey, which is a project that you have been doing. When did it start? And, you know, what, what exactly is it? The Wildest Journey sort of fell into place, really. It sort of became a project more than me making it a project. It was something that I'd, I'd done lots of journeys. I'd done lots of little journeys, like the backpacking, the walking, you know, several-day walks, even up to a week, two-week treks in different places all around the world. And I, I always craved, like, a long journey, but something that was going to really stretch my comfort zones. It was going to be a, a beginning and an end. I was going to be on this long journey for a long time and going through wild environments, you know, and, and just living that life for quite a while. So I had several ideas about doing a big journey, the, the main one that stood out was walking the Zambezi River, and the Zambezi River is the wildest river in Africa. I had an aim, uh, an idea to walk the length of it, and it was a journey that was going to go for 2,000 miles and um, take me through really, really dangerous and wild places. It just became, I became fascinated by it, and stories of old exploration in these areas and the possible wildlife-based populations in different environments, different villages, different... Yeah, and it was just it was just fascinated by it, and I was going to call it walking the Zambezi, but a lot of other people that have done similar journeys call it seem to call it walking this, walking that, and I wanted to do it different. And I thought to myself, you know, I'm looking for this journey, which is the wildest journey of my life. It's the wildest river in Africa, and I just came up with it. It just sort of stuck out as being the wildest journey, and I labelled the Zambezi River walk as the wildest journey. I just adopted the name The Wildest Journey and took it forward with my other expeditions and, and the platform of what I'm trying to do, really, as far as living this wild life, doing these wild journeys by foot, obviously reporting back on different wildlife-based situations in the world. And it's obviously about myself walking the length of Africa's wildest rivers in aid of wildlife conservation. I've turned it into a project, but also using it as a platform to highlight wildlife crimes, deforestation, you know, all these these things that are happening all over. So what are some of the issues that you hope your journeys will bring to the attention to the rest of the world about what's happening in Africa? It's all well and good, me screaming and shouting about um, deforestation and 
you know, ivory poaching and rhino horns and the, the declining of species and things like that, which, is, which, is, which are the things I'm really alarmed by and, and trying to highlight that elephant numbers are dropping, hippo numbers, rhino numbers, giraffe numbers. All these species are being killed out at mass rates. There's a lot of um, corruption um, and a lot of, uh, as, you, as you probably know, ivory um, is being you know, taken and sold in different places around the world, the same as rhino horns are being, um, the areas that the, the wildlife live in are being slowly, slowly and slowly getting smaller and smaller. Deforestation is, um, you know, getting on a huge scale, especially in Madagascar. When I walked across Madagascar, the deforestation is absolutely insane with how much it's going on. You know, 90% of the people rely on charcoal for their cooking and you can see this, you know, the trees have just been chopped down. There's just every day that any last little bit of forest they're chopping down, there's nothing. In the core of Madagascar where I walked, there was no forest, no trees, there was nothing. There's just little pockets of nature reserves left where the lemurs can live and the different wildlife species can thrive and the rest of it is, you know, hanging in by a thread and uh, you know, it's all well and good like people someone from like myself in the UK and screaming about it when we happily deforested our, our environment, you know, several hundred years ago, and, and now we're talking about other people doing it. And I see it as a bit like bullying, you know, there's these species of animals that are living their life and they're doing their daily thing, but they, they, they're having the hardest time that their land's being taken away from them, their, their chance of life is being taken away, and it's all because of human greed and corruption, mostly. And um, I understand people need to eat and things like that, but for the most part, there's a lot of corruption and he's highlighting all over the world and Africa is, is really, really corrupt. And it's, um, yeah, it's, it's difficult to speak too much in, in depth about these things, obviously, because I don't want to sort of moan about the way a country works or what what countries are doing what and things like that. But it's just, um, yeah, there's a lot going on and... I do try and report about it and I do try and sort of highlight these things. And it's also a passion that's inside me that wants to, to try and help. You know, I, I I feel like my time on earth, why not use my adventures that I want to do anyway to try and help about something I feel passionate for, like wildlife conservation or, you know, the, trying to preserve the natural world as much as possible. So how urgent is the problem of poaching from your point of view? Yeah, I mean, it, it is a big, it's, it's been a big problem for a long, long time. And, um, you know, it went from hunting to people hunting for food. And, and when the, the animal populations were, were huge or plastic being huge to now that critically endangered is most, you know, iconic species are near endangered or critically endangered. And, and, and the local people, they're suffering because they need tourism that's one thing and if elephants are being killed and animals are being wiped out then tourism is going to be affected what can you do you know especially what's happened over the last 12 months but there hasn't been hardly anyone been able to get into these areas anyway to see what's happening and to sort of monitor and um, we hear all the time that you know rangers are getting killed gorillas are getting killed you know elephants are being wiped out poisoned rhinos every every sort of few weeks we're hearing and the rhino numbers are you know in less than 100 you know it's just or in the hundreds some of them it's just there's nothing and 
it is a serious, serious problem. But I think, you know, most sort of statistics point towards in the next 50 years, we might not have any of these animals left. I think education for me is something that if we can educate the youngest people in Africa and get them seeing a different way of of the animals and and how they should be, how beneficial they can be for for them and increase tourism and and live in harmony together, it's so difficult, you know. You can understand the local people. They're they're on the fence because they don't they don't know what they're getting out of it. You know they're probably not getting anything out of it. If anything, the animals are are giving them a hard time. You do meet a lot of local people that are really positive about saving the wildlife and things. But for the most part, the average person just living their life, they're trying to protect themselves from the wild animals most of the time. So can we talk a little bit about? What goes into the preparation for some of these expeditions? Preparation would be making sure I know my route, you know, maybe I've mapped out the area and I know, can it be done? Can I go through this area? Can this, is it possible to walk through these parts of the, the so I've got to study the map, study the route, you know, make sure I'm aware of what I'm going to face or what problems I might face on on my journey and making sure I've got the right equipment, you know, equipment something that, I've learned over the years what's, what works for me and what do I need and making sure you've got the right, obviously, bag that's going to be cut. Your bag can be a big problem on expedition. Your shoes can be a big problem on expedition and making sure you've got these things that mean you can you can do the journey and you're going to be comfortable and you're not going to have any problems. Make sure you, If you do have problems, make sure you've got your first aid kit, your satellite phone, um, you know, your cooking equipment, yeah, the, the, the amount of food you're going to need on these journeys and potential sort of um, places where you can restock food and and uh, yeah, just just lots of like there's a lot that goes into it, you know. And it, but I, that's the sort of thing I enjoy is plotting the journeys, um, making sure I've got the right equipment, making sure I know all the layout of, of the journey of the land where I'm going to be. And most of my journeys are self-funded. You know, there was a Madagascar people paid to join the team and. I like to have photographers in me because, you know, I think after the journey, it's good to know you've got some good pictures, you've got some good stories you can write about the journey, you can you can document it. And that has become more, you know, years ago when I used to travel, I didn't didn't even think about it. I just had a little compact throwaway camera and I didn't even think about documenting my journey. I, I might have written some stuff down. and But now I just, I think it's, it's important. I've tried to be more professional. Uh, make sure I've got everything I need, and make sure I'm documenting it at the same time. You know, cameras and um, equipment, video equipment, and stuff like that. Can you describe just the natural beauty of Africa, and how has that beauty changed your life? Me walking through these wild environments, I do see very little wildlife. Obviously, being in these environments is amazing and incredible. It makes me feel great. But when I'm actually sat in an area where there is wildlife and say I'm sat next to a river and then um, I can see elephants grazing not far and swimming and bath bathing and things like that and it just it's just a, it's just, just an incredible moment to be amongst these these creatures that part of me feels like they are they have got limited time on the earth and I just do I do feel really humbled around such incredible uh, creatures and species and even when I'm around the villagers and these people that live in a humble way in these, in these environments where there's absolutely nothing. They might be living in a you know really remote area and 
it does make me feel really humble being around people that don't need anything or haven't got anything. And I just do feel, you know, it's like I said about being in a forest in the UK. It's exactly the same in Africa, exactly the same feeling. But in a forest anywhere in the world or in a mountain anywhere in the world, like, I just feel like that's my that's my pinnacle of how I how I can feel. You know, as far as feeling good. And in Africa, you've obviously got these incredible species of of wildlife that you know you won't get anywhere else on the planet. They're just all these different species of wildlife that are you know the wildest there are really in the world, and it's just incredible incredible to be around them. When you did the the Zambezi, did you walk that alone? Yeah, I mean there is a lot of stories attached to the Zambezi, but the the idea was to walk with a guide, and I started on day one with a guide, but also on day one my guide left me. He said that he, the reality of the situation and what we were going to do was too much for him to take, and he left me at the source of the river. So I did um, 90% of the walk on my own. I was joined, obviously, by local people showing me the way and things like that, which who I met along the way. There was a guy who joined me for the a couple of weeks of the last section of the walk as well. He only joined me for the first half of that section. Then uh, there was a couple of people that came in every now and again to take photos and but yeah, I think 100, 137 days, at least 100 and maybe 10 days, I was on my own. How dangerous of a journey was it? Um, I nearly lost my life a few times. I nearly died of heat stroke, charged by elephants. It was it was dangerous. Like I, like I was saying, 90% was fine. You know, 90% was fine. I was treated really well. I get a lot of suspicion and confusion from local people that had never seen a white person or anyone walking through their villages before. But, um, you know, I got treated really well for the most part. There was times when I went through really unstable areas. As I was held in a room for three days, I managed to get out of that situation. But but it was, it was, it was constantly difficult. Most people only want to hear about the dangerous things, and, and I do talk about them quite a lot. And I think that yeah, like I was saying, 90% of it was, was okay. And I knew these problems were going to happen. I knew I was trying to walk the wildest river in Africa. I was deported at one point. I had to sort of, I ran out of water. I was drinking my own urine. It was, I fell down a bit of a cliff. I sliced on my nose. I damaged my leg. You know, I was charged by elephants, like I said. And, but I look back at it as so exciting and incredible and and I didn't answer that question before, how, how it changed my life, being uh, how things changed my life. But when I look back on these situations that I went through, you know, either being in the wild environment or going through these really difficult and dangerous situations, it did change my life and it did sort of make me appreciate life more, have more gratitude towards the people in my life and also the, the life I have. It makes me feel a lot more grateful to have a life and I enjoy every moment. I do what I feel is right for myself and other people. Always make sure that I try and live the life that I feel is the best life for myself and others. But it's, it's yeah, I appreciate people, especially the people that looked after me along the river who have nothing. And that saying of, you know, the more you have, the more you want, and the less you have, the less you need type, type thing. And, and that is really true. You know, I, I'd happily, the people along the rivers didn't have anything and they gave everything. It's really humbling to be amongst them people, and it does it does make me want to be like that as well. It makes me want to be more like them. So let's go back to the wildest journey. The way I understand it, the wildest journey isn't over with yet. 
Is the future of, of your this project, is it still in Africa? I was supposed to be doing my next expedition, which was walking across Africa following the Orange River, which is like a 2,000-mile trek, mostly in southern Africa. That was obviously not able to go ahead. I was due to start that in September last year, and that would have been done, you know, that would have been finished by the end of last year. But I obviously couldn't do that because of the situation that's happened. But I'm still planning to do that walk, hopefully, early next year. And and I think it's one of the things I don't want it to end. I want I want to be able to give myself a reason to take on these adventures that I really like doing. And the wildest journey, it's been, it's been walking the Zambezi River, and it's been walking the length of the Gambia River, which was the world's first trek, which took maybe two months to do. Uh, walking across Madagascar, walking the Mangoki River, another world's first trek, and the Orange River, walking the length of that, walking across Africa is is going to be the fourth trek. It, yeah, it's a bit like a travel blog, a bit like maybe you know one of the explorers some years ago would have had their documentations of their different expeditions within Africa and. I guess the wildest journey for me is, is partly for myself, more about that, more about having a, a platform and talk about my adventures and I can focus on African, my African adventures. Um, how can people find out more about you? Do you have a website? Yeah, so the, the wildestjourney.com is my website. I feel like your listeners will be people that obviously appreciate nature and, and enjoy nature. And I think that the key for myself has been, you know, my journeys have been about nature and appreciating the natural world and immersing myself into different environments and, and really embracing life as I feel, you know, I think, yeah, I feel, I feel like just people sometimes can be reserved, especially what's happened in the last 12 months, that people are really reserved about stepping out their doors and appreciating the local green areas that we have in the world. And I feel that, I just like to try and promote that, you know, that side of things. Get yourself out there, get yourself, go and lie in a forest and just, just feel the energy of the forest and go and stand on a mountaintop and, and just feel that euphoric moment you, you get from being in that area. And if your mind gets clustered with, with everyday life, the best thing I always feel is just getting yourself out and walking and clearing your mind and, and thinking positive and and just enjoying being in, in this incredible world we actually have around us, you know, which sometimes we forget. I hope you enjoyed my visit with Chaz Powell and that you get a chance to plan a journey or adventure of your own and discover the wildness that nature has to offer. And I hope you will share Nature Revisited with friends, family, and colleagues, and subscribe to Nature Revisited on your favorite podcast server. You can also follow us on Instagram, YouTube, or our website, nordenproductions.com. That's Norden, N-O-O-R, denproductions.com If you would like to share your thoughts or comments, please send them to us through our website contact page and we will share them on our Instagram page. I would like to thank Jamie and Nancy Horton 
for their generous contribution to Nature Revisited. Their generosity helped make this episode possible. Nature Revisited is produced by Stefan Van Norden and Charles Gagan. And I hope you will join us for the next edition of Nature Revisited. And in the meantime, remember, we are nature. <laughs>